0: Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question. How do I become a saint? Today's podcast is Dinner at Home. I have with me Dr. John Cuddeback. Dr. Cuddeback, how are you doing? Great, Brendan. We had a wonderful first conversation, so if you have not listened to it, I invite you to We're talking about dinner at home and we really spent a good deal of our first episode just kind of hitting on the pitfalls of society and what society values in men. And of course, talking about how those are lies. And we also just talked about the beauty of uh, relationship and family life and and how... (laughs) There's a need for change within our society and our society oftentimes does not value uh, what it should value. And so we're here now to talk a little bit more about specifics, uh, specifically within family life and how dads specifically can be more involved in the home life. So I want to start the conversation there. Um, Dr. Cutterback, if you have anything, uh, concrete ways that dads can really, be involved at the, in the home life with dinner at home. And and then we can kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Brendan. Thanks for asking. Uh, Again, just my, my heart is really in this because I'm convinced that, you know, being an intentional dad is going to be the key to our improving our relationships in the life in the home for the sake of those that we love most. And, at the dinner table is one of the main ways that we can kind of focus that energy and then think in a very concrete way about how to do that. So, you know, for starters, making some concrete resolutions about being there and kind of making that clear uh, to my wife. So, right now, I'm going to say from the viewpoint of you know a married man, um, and I said even you know before we're blessed with children, um, it, it, it's it's really important, or even before we're <laughs> blessed to be married. To have a sense of, hey, um, it's key to being human to stop the other things that we're doing and to eat in a human way with whomever we're blessed to live in the presence of. Now, if we're married, right? I mean, think about how the habits that you form right there when you're first married, before you're blessed with children. I like to think of it as you're establishing the habits, the context, then you're going to invite the children into. And maybe something we can talk about another time is this is my approach to Sundays. From the start, a husband, and wife, how are we going to practice Sunday in such a way that when we're blessed with children, we'll have these habits. So it's, as it were, welcome, dear child, into the way that we live Sunday as the first day of the week together. So first of all, to a husband, your wife is the first relationship. So you're being attentive to her and, and you're always patterning for the children that she is, that my heart is right there with her. I have her back. I'm supporting her. I'm her to, I'm here to be with her and live for her and, uh, and, and, and project that to them in, in one key way is, Kids, I wouldn't miss having dinner with your mother for most anything. Although, okay, you know, sometimes I do have to miss it, but n- nonetheless, I I it is so important to me to be with her as much as I possibly can, and of course, with you all. Right. So kind of uh, kind of seeing a firstness of that relationship with the spouse. All right. So then we, we made a resolution. We're going to be there. We're going to be there often. See myself as a leader. See myself as setting the context. For what happens at this table? You know, discussion, there's so there's so much literature, Brendan. There's so much in history and experience of how fundamental human habits are formed there, how we speak, how we listen, the context of how we relate to people. I say it's the most foundational context to learn how people relate to one another. So that I so I what does that mean for me as the father? well th- this aspect of kind of the foundation of respect this foundation of of always you know looking to the others to listen to speak to them from my heart and so uh, encouraging a certain kind of conversation is utterly key and and and, and here's the thing Brendan so I'm getting I'm particularly going to challenge the men i think men take to tend to take a back seat we tend to pat ourselves on the back kind of that we're there at all no, I'm sorry. Let's be a little harder on ourselves. Okay. Now I I know it's it took a lot out of me to be at work. I'm tired. I'm more just I'm hungry. I just want to eat. No. We 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 got to do all we can to say, all right, how am I going to be the kind of shepherd of this situation? How am I going to lead into there being a tone here of of energy, of joy, of peace, of how are we doing? To, to reach out. Maybe I begin by sharing certain things that I've done or may I begin by asking my wife how her day was. I mean, of course, that's the great again. Set that context. Maybe always begin with your spouse. You did that before you're blessed with children. And then you invite your children in, even from when the teeny, teeny sitting in the high chair at the table. Listen to how daddy asked mama how she's doing. Maybe, and then, then turn to the children. How are you all doing? Oh, Now, you know, we talk in a certain order, you know, etc. cetera. Another really concrete thing, Brendan, is manners. Boy, we could talk about this for a long time. <laughs> in, 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 manners matter. It's not about the manners themselves. It's about being a certain kind of person. Forming manners, particularly done well, particularly done at the, at the inspiration of an intentional dad, an intentional mom and dad working on this together, is going to make a certain kind of person. Here at this table, here's how we act. This is, this is a root thing in civilization. This is an incomparable gift to give to everybody at our table. That we not be overbearing. Again, we have to be winning. That's where we have to be intentional. This is where our head and heart have to be in the game. This is where as dad, we have to be willing to take the lead. I'm setting the tone. If it's I'm just slapping knuckles, if I'm yelling, if I'm getting upset, why are you acting like that? It's going to ruin the whole thing. And it's going to be my fault. Good intentions aren't enough. I got to have a plan and I got to see it through in a winning, strong, encouraging way. I love to see, I love to see those great manners in you, son. Thank you so much. Thank you for respecting your mother. God bless you for treating your little sister in that way. And I'm patterning it myself. Right, these, these, these are little things, but these are huge things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you made a, you made mention in episode one, uh, you talked about the Benedictines and you talked about St. Benedict and his rule. And two things came to mind. One, you're talking about the dad coming home. And of course he's tired. He's had a long day, I'm sure. But the idea of having energy and understanding that you're you're not, you can't just sit there and be tired. I mean, sure, you, you, you can be, but it's not helpful for your family in a certain sense. You know, you're called to toil. And, you know, Bene- Benedict talks so much about, uh, work and prayer, you know, and we're called to that in this life. We're called to toil, and I've I've eaten um, a few meals in the last few years with the Benedictines. I've been blessed to go to their monastery up in Cleveland, and you know their their way of life is so that every mealtime they're all together. You know, they they're basically required it unless you know some unforeseen circumstance or some schedule conflict makes it so they're not able to be there. They are called to that communal dinner time. And with that, there's prayer involved. You know, there's an active prayer. They read usually, uh, at least from what I've experienced, they read from the rule of St. Benedict and it is how their meal begins. And it's a beautiful way to just set the tone. And then of course, from there conversation can ensue um, within the Benedictines. Now some orders, you know, they're, they have silence at their mealtime, but uh, at least the Cleveland Benedictines, you know, they're, they're talking, they're conversing. And it was a, a great gift because they're asking those questions that you're kind of talking about. Um, and yet this is, of course, a different dynamic than maybe the family life. But I think it's a, it, it leads a beautiful example. And Benedict knew what he was doing um, when he we set up his rule because he and and as many of you might know, with Benedict many people wanted to to kill him and get away from him because his rule was apparently too difficult they thought they needed it to be more lax and yet he's the saint and those people are not known anymore today and so there's there's beauty in that and um toil i think just was the word that kind of stuck out to me we're called to toil and so um there's a big uh it's it's monumental or, or very helpful when the father comes home, no matter how difficult the day is and still gives his attention to his wife and to his children and is able to be present there and, and cares for them. I mean, it's sacrificial and yet it's so essential. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah.
0: My, my next question to you, and we talked a little bit about this in episode one, but I think it, it kind of couples with what we're talking about here is we struggle with this idea of slowing down. And so, you know, just being present at the meal is, is a foreign concept. I think of TV shows back in the nineties, but even, you know, past that back in the eighties or watching, I love Lucy as a kid, you know, and a lot of their conversations are at the dinner table. TV shows don't really do that today. At least the few that I watch, I, I, I can't even think about a show where they're sitting down and actually having a family meal. Um, and yet it's so important so we we struggle with this slowing down how do you respond to someone who feels quite strongly that they just can't do the slowing down that all these things are important and they take precedent to the family meal you know you we mentioned in the first episode the the baseball practice you know and
1: yeah you know and of course it's always going to be a matter of, of prudence and e- e- each a uh, person, or married, we're going to look at this very carefully together with our spouse, and it, it, we can't give the absolute concrete. Well, you know, it has to be done in exactly this way. That said, th- there are some universal principles here, and one of those universal principles is the fundamental importance of this as a context. You know, and, and I, I want to, you know, I'm, I, I'm a philosopher, so I often put it in a very philosophical way, but I think that that's sometimes helpful. Hey, we're rational beings. And especially if we're thinking of ourselves here as men, it, we're, we're called to be thinking through how we can make life all that it can be here. The The dinner together, eating together is a gift that God intended us to have. But it's a gift. You mentioned toil that we're going to have to work to make actual. And so it's, it's it's like, in many ways, it's like the drama of life, Brendan. We're all called to be saints, but you don't become a saint by accident. It doesn't just happen. It's not just downloaded. You, you, you have to receive the gifts of the call and enact it. Well, this is played out again and again in in these very fundamental, simple ways. And I think, frankly, this is key to understanding the call to be a saint is to receive the simple, obvious gifts that God is showing us by a natural order of how he wants us to live. And eating together in our homes is one of those things. It's one of those gifts that God is asking us to receive. So I, I'm 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 gonna, I'm going to I'm going to say look I I can't tell you exactly how to spend your time and I can't tell you that you don't have to do certain other things but I I am going to push you to be very careful to be willing to look again and and to make sure that you're not missing something when you're prioritizing other things. And missing this gift that I think nature and supernature is speaking very firmly to us, this needs to have a priority. So I'm going to say, look again, ask for the grace of God, and discern how can you reasonably prioritize it given the concrete situations in your life. Mm. Yeah, I like it. Uh, good, Good things to think about. Um,
0: now we've, we've talked a, the, a lot about, you know, concrete ways dads can be involved in the home life. Um, I want to, I just want to give uh, some thought to, uh, the woman's role here in the home life. In in your opinion, what does this look like or does it look any different or does it look the same in terms of, um, their role with, uh, emphasizing the importance of, of being there present at the, at the home and, and, and present there at the meal. Boy, and I, they can draw their children in too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Brandon. And, and right, we're not focusing on it now, but I'm glad you, I'm glad you bring it up. You know, woman, the heart of the home. Right. I, I mean, you know, having her there obviously is, is essential. And, and most likely when dad's not going to be able to be there, Mom will be able to be there, and sometimes it might switch and be the other way but but men and women, we need to see the sameness, we need to see the difference in other words, we need to see the complementarity all right so we can't go deeply into that, but there is a beautiful complementarity in their teamwork, in their working together to make the home life all that it can be and you know so right now I'm just going to kind of say you know it it would be beautiful to reflect more on this is a kind of icon of an icon of the beautiful complementarity of man and woman and of there there's the man at the table right to his side there is his wife their relationship with one another being that primary axis and kind of overflowing into the others i mean this is a this is a this is a two made one thing i'll just i will say this sometimes it's women who having often, not always, but often a stronger sense of the critical importance of the home life, having such a deep, connatural sense of that, that they find themselves wringing their hands a bit, kind of, what can I do to get my husband to be here? And this is where I say to wives, speak up. Speak from your conviction. Your husband needs to hear from you what you are seeing is needed in your relationship and in the home. This is your place. He is called to have first responsibility in the household, but he cannot exercise that unless you do what only you can do that presents things that only you see from your unique vantage point. And so especially it might be as regards dinner at home, that it is the wife who comes forward and says, "Dear." look again. Where are we on this? What are you doing to make this happen? Are you stepping up and taking the lead, dear, that the Lord is calling you to do? This is a way that the woman, the wife, can call her husband out to, to, again, to receive the gift. There's just one thought, Brandon.
0: No, I think that's beautiful. Uh, And I I think essential, too, I I would guess that more of my listeners are women uh than than men and so i i think you know it's it's important for them to hear everything we've said of course and yet i think that i i too could i wanted to make sure that there's no one at home going well what about me because i know that um both sides are essential here and you you hit on the complementarity aspect of it so we we've done a really good job i think of um, talking about this topic, uh, that almost anybody, regardless of their religious uh, affinity, could could gain something from this. I think we've taken it from a more of a natural law philosophical background. Of course, naturally, you and I are, are Catholic, and that's that's apparent in how we speak and what we're talking about here. But I think we want to get more into that because there's beauty in our faith, and so um naturally i mean there is natural law that's been written on everyone's heart so regardless of if you're catholic or christian or not these things do resonate with you if you really are are looking at that so i but i want to invite you into you know what does scripture say about this and and tying it in with all the beautiful things you've already shared
1: well you know Brendan, that's a great, uh, great issue. And, uh, you know, of course, as usual, I won't be able to do that justice in a limited time. But but I, I, we all feel intuitively this is very much at play in and indeed central to our faith. And, you know, I say as a philosopher and as a Catholic, this is a classic instance of the beautiful truth of our faith that the the two lights as saint thomas aquinas calls it the light of natural reason and the light of divine revelation are ultimately just that two lights that are shining on the same reality and they never contradict one another they're always in perfect harmony and so god knowing that he has written this into our heart in a very natural way look how he the designer of nature look how he has treated meals together as central to his pedagogy, to his call to us, to how he forms first of all the Hebrew people, and then how he especially then institutes the New covenant, right? I mean there's so much that might be said about you know the meal in the Hebrew tradition, the Passover meal, right? And even holding off for a moment on the most central and obvious instance of this, you know, think back to when our Lord is teaching us, about what he's calling us to in heaven. I remind you, do you remember how at one point he says uh, about the good steward? Who's that blessed steward? Who's that blessed servant? Whom, When the master comes, he finds doing the master's will. And in one of those times, he says, the master himself will take off his cloak, will gird himself then, and will serve the servant, inviting him to sit down at the table. He will have the servant sit down at the table, it says, and he will serve him. This is an image of paradise. God himself serving us at the table, inviting us to sit down. What more intimate way, when, when, when God himself wants to reach for an image to speak to you and me about how intimately he wants to be present to us and live with us, what does he reach for? He almost invariably reaches for being together at a meal. Another one that comes to mind, do you remember um, the wise and the foolish virgins? Well, of course, the bridegroom, right? That great, that great image, the groom of our soul. Right. God wants to be our spouse. Right? He comes, and the and the wise virgins, they're invited in to the marriage feast. And there they are celebrating. You know. We don't even at the moment here, often then we, we focus on hmm, the very unfortunate thing of the foolish virgins coming and knocking on the door being on the outside. You know what? Let's not go there. Let's keep our imagination for a moment on the incredibly beautiful thing that's going on on the inside. There's a marriage feast that's going on between our Lord and his beloved. So, so yeah, Brandon, hey, you know where this is going then. And of course, you know, when, when the Lord, in the eternal chambers of his, of his determining, as it were, how he most wants to share his life with us, what's going to most set apart this new covenant? What does he reach for? Well, of course, we know he reaches for the Eucharist. I'm going to call them to share a meal with me. And lo, I'll be the meal there's of course so much here but but just it it's again it's a design you and I never could have come up with we we never could have thought of this you never could have designed such a thing but once once we start to see it we start to receive it we start to recognize this is the height of human life here is kind of the epicenter of it's all about being together, and if we want to think about ways to being together, our Lord has shown us. Well, it's it's where you're going to come together, in love, in peace, in joy, and you're going to you're going to feed together, and in feeding together, you live one life together. And so, so I just I, I wrap that up. It, learning this simply in day-to-day life in the home is part of God's pedagogy. Pedagogy means how he teaches us, his children. It's part of God's preparing us for the higher things. Think of the soul of that child who has been prepared by these beautiful meals in the home. Again, not just the children. Think of our own hearts that are softened, that are developed, that are cultivated like the soil by our eating together, by our prioritizing that. We are preparing ourselves for our relationship with the Bridegroom. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love
0: what you said, and I want to share a quote now that maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't, but it uh, got me thinking as you were talking just about the Eucharistic Feast and just talking about that moment. It's from St. Peter Julian Amard, who in my mind is the most prolific writer on the Eucharist. Um, And if anyone is listening to this, if you haven't read any of his stuff, you can buy his one of his books. It's like eight bucks on Amazon. Um, It's just basically homilies of his on the Eucharist. But he says, uh, in order to love our Lord truly, we must receive him frequently. Otherwise, you may love him as creator, as father of the world to come, even as benefactor, but you will never love him as your friend. Your relationship with him will lack the intimacy of true love. Our Lord called the apostles, his friends after their first communion. What title of affection will he not give us who receive him so often? And just this imagery, uh, you know, the intimacy that was there at the last supper, that the Lord knew these 12 in such a deep and intimate way. But it was, it was it came about through breaking of the bread time and time again, it came about three years of being together. And so, you know, he kind of has that, that moment at the last supper. And you, if you're looking at the gospel of John, he he spends a great deal of time basically giving them one final lesson. I mean, and he just keeps, he teaches them many things, but then of course he washes their feet and there's just beauty there in that example that he gives us. But um, I think, you know, I share that quote and I, and I'll share that in the the show notes as well, but there's just beauty in that relationship and yeah. the intimacy that comes with that. And what better example for you and for me and for anyone listening than to look at what our Lord does and the importance that he puts on that, the meal time and the relationship there. And then of course, too, how do we incorporate the Eucharist into our daily lives? and of course that's uh, probably a whole nother podcast episode
1: right um, that that was beautiful. It was a fabulous quotation. It makes me I just I just looked up check out how this fits luke twenty two fifteen, the beginning of the Last Supper, and he said to them, "I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you I shall not eat it." Until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of heaven, how how he wants to eat with us, and it, it is fascinating that second part that until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of heaven, just it, it makes your imagination you know go wild the the what in some sense, he, we're going to eat again together. so so it's just being together so here that what we're patterning for all those around us by trying to be like christ i've earnestly desired to eat with you let's take those words of our lord and say this to our spouse say this to our children say this to our dear friends say this to you know, the community in which we live. I have earnestly desired to be together with you in, 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 in this intimate kind of
0: way. Mm. And yeah, and he, he says, I don't know if it's in, in Luke or which gospel it is, but of course he says, do this in memory of me. And there's beauty there too. I mean, Peter Julian always talks about uh, the Eucharist and the, the self-abasement of that act. You know, the humility that our Lord takes on bread as his, I mean, basically the life changing gift that he gives you and me and and so many who are, are willing and desire to receive it. I mean, it's right there, but the humility that he takes on that it's bread that without the priest, you know, we, we can't even have that gift and they have to consecrate that bread to make it truly his his body and soul and and anyway now i'm just getting off onto a tangent but uh, just that do this in memory of me you know he's he's giving us an example to follow and we're called to it and i think just you know the passage you just shared is is just beautiful and um you know if we really want to live this life to the fullest so that one day we can be with him in heaven you know it, it truly can start start here Um, I want to, I want to give you a chance, um, if you want just to talk for a couple minutes about just your own home life and how you've been able to put this into practice, um, and the results that I'm sure you've seen. I'm sure, um, you know, you can talk about this as long as you want, or, you know, it can be short, but I think you've given a lot of beautiful, um, bits, but I, I know that so many people too are just drawn in so much by. Personal uh, testimony.
1: Yeah. Well, th- thanks, Brendan. I, I i mean, home life certainly isn't perfect. And uh, my wife would be the first to remind me and anyone <laughs> else of that. Um, but w- we also consider ourselves to be very blessed. By the grace of God, we have been intentional and we've learned from our mistakes and we're going to continue to learn from our mistakes. But I will absolutely say this to you um, some of the most absolutely precious moments of my life that kind of most reminds me of who I am were in meals shared around our table. And uh, I, I've now had uh, the two oldest of my children get married and we married them out of our home in the sense of I had the reception in our, in our front yard. And, and I say to them, you're always going to have a place at this table. You're not going to be here every day anymore. And God bless you as you start your own household. But I just want you to know that your place will always be here. And we will always treasure every moment we had together at this table. And that's at the center of who I am. And I I think, I hope it's been key in helping them to discover and to become who they are. And I, it, it reminds me of a, a Byzantine post-communion prayer that says, I paraphrase, when I leave this ho- life in hope of life eternal, may I be blessed to join the banquet where the sound of those celebrating never ceases. Mm-hmm. And when I say that prayer, I'm blessed to think of my own home and to think, may it have been a taste. Is it something like that, that this prayer is talking about? So it helps me begin to understand what God wants to give to me by the joy of those times that we have had at our own table. So I, I, I do share that, Brandon, it's been, it's been at the center of my own life. It's beautiful. And what a better Testament than that. Um, I can't
0: think of one. Uh, I want to give you the chance. This has been a beautiful conversation. I've enjoyed Thank you. Uh, the whole thing. And it, it's already making me think about how I'm going to try to implement um, this in a, in a more real way within my, my home life with my wife and with, how we uh, currently do dinner and how we do just the intentionality of being home with one another and how we could probably do a better job. And of course, looking at how it it starts with me. And so I want to give you the chance um, now just for final thoughts. This has been a really, like I said, a great conversation. I hope people at home feel the same way.
1: Well, thank you, Ben. I, I really appreciate that. Well, I I will just mention, um, I, my website is life-craft.org. Also have a, a YouTube channel. It's named Lifecraft. And I, I recently have done a short video series called Dinner at Home, where I tried to condense this into four short videos and to give some very concrete suggestions. So I do invite people to come and check that out and share it. I hope that it's a way of trying to encourage one another in going back to receive these basic gifts because that's that's my theme. God came that we might have life and have it to the full. The life that God wants for us is always much richer than we've begun to realize or begun to do yet. so we're gonna we need by his grace to work a little harder to open our hearts to work together to receive the gift. These simple day-to-day gifts, the things that the evil one, that the bad structures of the world around us in many ways are trying to take away from us, but that the Lord is seeking to give to us, and he will give to us, and by his grace we can do. But we're going to need to be savvy. We're going to need to be more savvy than the children of this world. We need to open our eyes, pray, and be intentional, and, and work to restore these simple things. And dinner at home is one of those simple things. And so I have a passion. I'm on a mission to help people to do that. And I really appreciate being with you, Brendan, and having this conversation. And I offer my prayers. I ask your prayers. Let's work together that we might, by the grace of God, begin in our own home to receive the gift and live the life that he wants for us. Amen. Amen. Well, before I let you go, I want
0: to ask you the two Gotta Be Saints questions. I ask this to to everyone who comes on. Uh, the first question is, who is your Mount Rushmore of saints? So you I, you probably know Mount Rushmore has four yep. heads. If you want I, to add to it, that's okay.
1: Oh, well, that's good. Uh, okay. That that that's that okay. Gosh, that's great. I love the I love the four. That's a great question. All right, how about this? And I, I admit it. If you ask me next week, I might give a little different answer. But the first one is always going to be Saint Joseph. Saint Joseph always brings tears to my eyes just thinking of that mountain of a man just going about his silent, simple way and the and the little Jesus called him daddy and they were so happy together that he's always going to be number one for me. That's just my prayer is to have something of that in my own life and to have something like the relationship he had with the Blessed Mother with my own wife. Um, I've always been very drawn to St. Dominic uh, he was a preacher, and um, his his life was all about contemplating the word, so that he could preach it. And so he's a he's a he's a he's a great uh, kind of mentor for me. I've always loved St. John Bosco. I I I love boys. St. John Bosco loved boys, and and he bent all of his energy to try to help them. And so that as I go about my way here teaching at the college, um. I think of him often and I think I'll throw in as my fourth one. It's hard to have to stop. I'm throwing St. Maximilian Colby. Um, uh, because again, he, he wanted to use modern technology in a reasonable way, in a reasonable way to get out the word. And he, he's a great patron saint for those of us that are trying to say, Hey, um, People need to hear the word and we're going to do what we can to get it out there in a very challenging context here today. So there's, there's, there's my quick four. Thanks for asking.
0: No, it's a beautiful four. I, I love asking that question because you just never know what somebody might yeah. I've
1: bet. I bet. I mean,
0: learned about a few different saints. And I've also just, I just love hearing the explanations as well. So my yeah. last question for you is God willing, one day you're going to be a saint. What are you going to be the patron saint of?
1: You have to. I mean, I have to laugh. I, I, so I, I will run and I'll answer that by boy, it, you know, Lord, if there were ever something that I'd love to start to approach being able to be a patron saint of it's it's going to be life in the home and it's going to be to be a husband and to be a daddy and to and to try to excel in the simple things um around the hearth in your home I, that's that's where I'd like to be
0: That's beautiful and as a as a dad I'm, and as a husband i don't know if there's anything better to strive for so i thank you so much this conversation's been wonderful i'll make sure to um plug your work in the show notes so that people can uh check that out and Uh, You're always welcome on the podcast. So I hope that at some point we can do this again. And if you're ever in the Charlotte area, uh, just let me know. Uh, But thank you so much. This was a blessing. And to anyone who's at home listening, uh, thank you. Just a quick shout out to our podcast sponsors. That's Good Catholic and the Catholic Company. Use code GOTTA for 20% off your orders. And thanks again for anyone who's listening. Have a great day and God bless.
1: And thank you, Brandon.
0: Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, click to subscribe. This is a Good Catholic Podcast. Visit goodcatholic.com for more information.